everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, it's Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show today. I'm happier here. Really, we're in a series right now called For the Love of Powerhouse Women. I think it speaks for itself. We are talking to some of the most powerful women in their fields and and across the board. I mean, we have interesting women in business and we have them in public service and all across really a lot of genres. But today you're going to already know right away why I'm excited um, because we are speaking today to one of the most successful female chefs in the entire world. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Um, I had to like take some deep breaths before I started recording this episode because I was so nervous um, to speak to her. So you may have seen her episode on chef's table or been super lucky enough to eat in one of her restaurants. Um, and if so, then you'll know why I am so excited to have Dominique Crenn on today. So Dominique Crenn is the chef, proprietor, owner, um, creator of Adelaide Crenn, which is, get this, the Michelin three-starred restaurant in San Francisco. Um, just in case you don't know what that means, Dominique is the first woman in the U.S. to ever earn three Michelin stars. It is literally the highest honor in food. I mean, so it would be like winning best actress and best director and best picture all into one. So it is rare air to even earn one star. That is rare. But to earn three well, is obviously unprecedented. So Dominique grew up in Brittany, which is on the West coast of France, which influences a lot of her cooking. And, and then of course her parents had a strong influence on her and helped shape her love of food. Um, and she was, she was adopted. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, so she began really working in food when she moved to San Francisco. Um, in her twenties. And you're going to like this story. I asked her about it. She basically talked her way into working at a superstar restaurant with a uber famous chef and she had zero culinary experience. So I asked her about that in a minute. Um, so Dominique is literally food royalty. And so if her talent wasn't enough, she has this wonderful, caring heart. And she is a very strong advocate for innovation and sustainability and equality and for women. You'll hear all that just pull right through that matters to her so much. Um, so uh, I don't know if you saw her episode on Chef's Table. It's on Netflix. But if you want a good cathartic cry, just go watch it. She's not just smart, but she's whimsical and funny. And you know how much food means to me. And so speaking to somebody at her level is just a real honor today. And, um, and she has this beautiful French accent, which you are completely going to love um, for the duration of this episode. And you're just going to be glad to know her. You're going to be glad to meet her if you're not already following her. So I'm excited to introduce you um, to the very powerhouse woman indeed, chef, advocate, and creator, Dominique Crin. It is a real um, 
pleasure and privilege to welcome you to the show, Chef Dominique Crin. Thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You are a real force, and I've been paying attention to your career for some time, and I've watched a lot of stuff with you, and read a lot of your writing, and of course seen your episode on Chef's Table, and it is really exciting to talk to a woman who is so powerful um, in the restaurant industry, which is typically a man's world, Um, and I'm really just thrilled for your success, thrilled for it. You deserve it. I've told my listeners a little bit about who you are, but if you'll indulge me, I'd love to roll back just a few years um, to your roots, which of course was in Brittany, France, where you're from. Um, I think probably to understand what it is you do and the way that you look at the world and then ultimately the way you look at food, uh, we probably need to understand a little bit more about your background. So you were adopted by your wonderful parents when you were 18 months old. So I wonder, how did growing up um, with that knowledge in the family that you were adopted into shape the way that you look at the world um, and maybe even at the way you view people and connect with them? Well, first, uh, yes. So. I was born and, and raised in Versailles. This is where uh, the, my parents adopted me. Uh, we live outside of Paris, but we, you know, I say Brittany, my parents are from Brittany, but I spend a lot of time during my holidays. So, I mean, you have to understand that when a little girl or any child that don't have, a, you know, is born and then is kind of offended, it's just, mm. there is no really love around. And when two people come and, really want to give you love and take you, of course, you have to embrace it. And um, so I look at at the world through my parents' eyes, you know, with a lot of beauty, mm. um, a lot of understanding about things that could be different. Um, and and it's, it's, it's really about love and, and, and respect for your surroundings. So that's mm. what I, I was taught at a very young age. Um, and the fact that, you know, the, the, the inviting in, into their home, not someone that they met, but someone that they choose because they, mm-hmm. they love that little girl. So yes. I think that's, that's beautiful. So you, for me, it was, it was very important, you know, people love, respect, understanding, mm-hmm. being curious. And, um, I think that's what I'm, I, I, I took, you know, this idea is how I live my life. Mm. Yeah, I see that imprint on your work and the way that you connect with your staff and and your customers. And our youngest two kids are adopted. Um, sure. They are Ethiopian. Oh. And oh, great. Yeah, it is. And and so with that, we also got to receive their culture and their food and um, you know their heritage. And it's just been a real joy for all of us. Really, we're all lucky. Um, and adoption is just a really beautiful way to build a family. So you moved to the U.S. from France in your 20s, which was a pretty yes, a pretty massive decision with obviously life-changing consequences. I wonder, um, what do you think that move did to your sense of place? And, and how long did it take you to feel like, okay, this city where I'm at now, cause you, you moved a little bit. This is where I belong. This is my space, my place, my people. Um, this is home for me. Well, it, it's a, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit of a gypsy, but I, I was trying to find a place. I love France. 
Uh, this is where I was born. Uh, this is where my parents are from. And this is where I spent, you know, 20 years of my life. But I, I was needed to find a sense of purpose and a sense of place for myself. And um, coming to San Francisco, um, I felt I felt a freedom and an excitement that I've never felt before. Hmm. And um, and I knew at the second I got out of the plane that this is special. This is something. Hmm. I need I need to be here. It was, it was kind of like a, some type of calling. Yeah. And then then when you then then when you start to talk, to, you know, to see a little bit of San Francisco, uh, very progressive city, uh, very inclusive on everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, doesn't matter where you come from, the color of your skin. Right. You know, uh, your religion. Everything yeah. is what everybody is welcome there, and that's what I, I think I, I needed because I grew up in that. You know, so mm. like I grew up with this the inclusivity and the love and the non judgment. You know, yes. things and and San Francisco had that, so I felt at home. Mm. So I love this piece of your story because when you moved to San Francisco. It's almost funny that you got a job in the kitchen at Stars, which is a super, it was a superstar restaurant run by a superstar chef. I mean, Jeremiah Tower is, of course, so famous. And what's funny to me and shocking is that you had no restaurant experience. Like, first of all, where did you find the confidence to go in there and ask for a job? And second of all, how did you get it? I mean, I am so curious <laughs> how you talked yourself yes. into that that job. Yeah, no, I, I, I've never cooked in a restaurant and, and I, I, I didn't go to school for it. But I right. had a sense that I did understand that food and people, this is how you connect people with mm-hmm. food. And food is also uh, a language, and and I wanted to kind of explore that to be able maybe to to have a voice or to give a voice to people that don't have a voice. So I, I did a lot of research. Uh, Jeremiah Tower uh, used to work for uh, uh, Alice Water mm-hmm. at Chez Panisse, yep. Yep. and um, he got he got a lot of accolades when he he was there. And then uh, he opened this restaurant called uh, Stars, which at the time was kind of novelty um, in San Francisco, the, one of the biggest brasserie, American brasserie, open kitchen. Right. You could see people cooking, you know, kind of bistro style, you know, like mm-hmm. very, very French, but very Californian and American. And then, um, and then it was, it was also a chef that believed in 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 the now and 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 the surrounding and the farmers and and to write a menu every day with whatever was available was very uh, much a novelty at the time mm. you know hey i'm a chef mm. i need to cook what my farmers give me mm. and i need to support my community around me so mm. i was super interested in that and so I, hey i so i went and walked into the kitchen and he was standing there and dressed beautifully, right. very beautiful and tall man and very, very stylish. Uh, yeah. He could come out, I mean, literally, he could come out of like a 1940, 50, yes. you know, movies. Or, and then um, I just say, excuse me, uh, my name is Dominique Rennes and, and I would like to work with you. And he looked at me and I was like, uh, do you have a resume? What's going on? I was like, no, I've, you know, I, I, I don't. 
I would like to learn with you. I'm French and I know how to cook. Yes. And boom, that <laughs> night I work, I, work, I work on the grill with uh, Chef Sean. Did and you? And then the rest, is, yeah, they put me on the grill that night. And then I worked there for uh, a couple of years and that yeah. was it. So, wow. And um, I think, you know, what I, I knew within me that I need to have the guts and I, need, I needed to have the confidence to uh, put myself out there and to ask the question, will you hire me? And what I realized at a very young age, if you scared about things and you don't do things and you don't ask questions, you will never get where you want to get. Even sometimes the question is going to be, the answer is going to be no. That doesn't yeah. matter. You still, you have to ask the question. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you know, ever so yes or no, you have the, the ability to really know that you are, a confident person mm. and then do you want to go somewhere you so you need help sometimes you yes. know and not be afraid about that and not be, being afraid mm. about reje- being rejected either mm. you know absolutely i think that's fantastic advice for all of my listeners whatever their field is is that with that question that you asked you you created something powerful in your life i mean you you created opportunity for yourself um, by taking Clearly. that risk by walking yeah. in the door and saying something absurd like i just want to work for you and i don't have a resume and you should hire me anyway and he did it um, which obviously was in a really important piece of your story Hey everybody, I'm jumping in for just a quick second to talk about something that has definitely been a game changer for me and maybe for you too. So at this point, you've probably heard of HelloFresh. This is America's number one meal kit. Um, And they make cooking really delicious meals at home a reality regardless of your comfort level in the kitchen. Um, They give you step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so that you really can put a delicious, healthy dinner on the table in around 30 minutes. That's their aim. And this is fun. You can customize your box by adding um, extra meals or yummy treats like garlic bread and cookie dough to your weekly order. There's just a million ways to turn the dials to fit your family. Um, Plus, HelloFresh has more five-star recipes than any other meal kit service. So great and awesome. This week from my HelloFresh box, I made the most delicious thing. They sent firecracker meatballs with roasted green beans and sesame rice. And it was Well, that's completely my flavor profile anyway, but it was delicious. Every single person in the family loved it. And I am positively going to reorder that one because it was so yummy. Um, So HelloFresh has this great offer just for my listeners. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com slash for the love 80 and then enter for the love 80 at checkout. Okay, so... One more time, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com slash forthelove80 and enter the promo code forthelove80 at checkout. Okay, guys, back to our show. One thing that I love that um, I've heard you say is when 
when you realized, and you, and you then went on to work at a variety of other restaurants and, and it just wasn't, it wasn't right for you. You just weren't happy in it. It wasn't, it wasn't bringing you back to life. And so as you were thinking about creating your own restaurant, you said, I have nothing to lose. I mean, just that simple and that plain. And I I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about that specific time from the time that you had the idea of your restaurant and you kind of grabbed onto the idea, like, I have nothing to lose, so let's go for it. And then what it was like um, uh, from there. Well, so... So, so uh, to rewind a little bit, in 2009, um, I had an accident that I almost lost my life. Hmm. To, and this is when I was thinking about, I've been thinking about Atelier Cohen since, I would say, 2005. Okay. Maybe more than, before than that. And so I had an accident I almost lost my life with, and I was working at the time for a big corporation. Mm. Uh, which uh, kind of, uh, I was kind of the, the the favorite and the rock star at one point, mm-hmm. and then I got my accident, then everything kind of like fed away. And I realized at this moment, I have absolutely nothing to lose. Mm. I'm on my bed. I'm going to be there for three months. Yeah. I almost lost my life too. I'm lucky to be here. I have nothing mm. to lose. And, and, and it's the recession in the United States. It's when, mm-hmm. you know, 2008, oh, that's right. know, the crisis. Of course. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm going to find mm. a spot. I don't have any money and I'm going to do it. And one, my, my pastry chef was with me and he yeah. was like, let's do it. And I say, I don't create a space mm. where it's not just a restaurant, but everyone's going to be welcome. People will not be number. People will have a a, a, a name and will have a mm. voice. And I want to create a, a so space that I could, we could exchange ideas with everyone, especially with the customer, mm. and 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 bring them something that is come from me and 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 my soul, and hopefully can connect that way. Mm. And it took me nine. You know, we opened at the Ukraine in uh, 2010. 20, uh, 2011, oh, um, and I had no money, but <laughs> I, you know we got the space. Uh, the space yeah. was uh, the space was was owned by uh, Gavin Newsom, which is the governor of California right now. So look at me, I can't. You know, I'm like yeah. I'm nobody, and I have no money, and I'm taking hmm. this like, uh, and I'm making my own. And, and yes. it took me, you know, now it's 2019, and it took us 20. Nine years to be there, yeah. to get where we wanted to be, and it's amazing. It's yeah, just it we went through struggle and we went through, you know, I cried sometimes, but I, I looked at my team and it's like, you know what? I hired them and they believed in me. I can't mm. let them down. That's so good. We have to push. I love watching you with your team. Um, you know, we got sort of this behind the scenes look at the way that you manage your team on, on your chef's table episode. And of course you've been with Juan since the beginning and then you built a yeah. team sort of around, around you guys. And it was pretty mesmerizing watching the way that you move around a kitchen with one another. It's almost like a ballet and I can only imagine how much time and skill it takes to 
build rapport like that and how many times maybe you false start or have to sort of recalibrate or reinvent the way that you are working together. And then even just to find team members that you trust, um, yes, you know, who are just yeah. as committed as you are. So I'm curious because you've obviously figured this out. You've dialed it in. What, what do you think is the key to your management success? Because of course, running a beautifully successful restaurant like yours isn't just about the food. It's also about your staff and it's about the kitchen and it's about how uh, your customer. And so how do you go in and inspire your team every day? Like how do you push them to explore? How did you develop this winning team like you have right now? Well, so the the first thing I think for me was to make sure that um, whoever uh, I was applying for a job. I need, needed to understand who who we are, and so the, the 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 number one thing is you can you have to create a plan for your team uh, as far as you know the you know how much you're gonna pay them. You also make sure they have benefit. You make sure they they're yeah. well taken care. Yes. First, and they know that this is a, this is a good this is a company that take care of their employee first. That's and good. that's what I wanted to make sure. It's all about respect, exchange, learning, and always, always encourage, encouraging each other. You know, mm. um, I, I met. I also made the time to get to know each of my employees on their own, yes. uh, their history, their family, where mm. they're from. Um, you know, if there is anything I should know, and then like just to keep that conversation very open. Mm. Um, I never, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want people to walk into the place and think that this is just work, work and yes. nine to five and they can't say anything. And I want them to be passionate. I want them to be alive. I want them to engage. It's like a family, you know, so you yes. got you to gotta create uh, an ambiance and it's about respect and, and, and no yelling and no, mm. no being disgraceful to anyone. And it's not about ego. It's not about you better than the other. It's about working together. It's really about togetherness. Mm. I mean, that obviously is why your, your crew is so loyal to you because you kind of described the opposite of a lot of fine dining kitchens where it's, it is yeah. about ego. It is about yelling and sort of fear and, uh, and that culture is just not sustainable. I mean, it can definitely produce some beautiful, um, food in the short term, yeah. but it's not sustainable for a person's soul. Uh, and yeah. so I really admire your leadership style and it makes me all the more glad for your success to know that you care for your, your employees, like a family that is, that's so special. Um, I know that restaurants hold up a, a dear place in your heart. It's where you obviously create so much from not just dishes, but to memories. Food is memories, of course. Um, um, yes. It's like a literal family there. And so um, I'm curious where you find your inspiration outside the doors of your restaurants, because your, your, your food is so beautiful. It's so artistic and, and gorgeous. So, so inspired, obviously. Um, where do you go for that? Where, where, where do you find inspiration? Where do you get your creativity from? Well, so my creativity, uh, the, the inspiration is definitely, you know, my life and my my memories and and also things that I visit or it could be the present it could be in conversation it could be museum it could be a movie uh, or a documentary or an experience you know right now I mean 
you know, you know that I'm going through a cancer treatment yes. right now. So, yes. and I, and I've, I've been, I've been so creative about things right now, writing mm. menus and writing ideas, also writing ideas to use, you know, what's happening right now to maybe better aware of, of the life of others. I mean, it's just, mm. it's, it's incredible. Like life gives me, you know, opportunity to think about other things. Um, you know, food market or restaurant, like I don't get inspiration from that. I get, mm. I get inspiration from beauty, from art, yes. from nature, from people, from, so this is where, uh, I kind of, um, uh, get a lot of my inspiration. Um, mm. the, the, the menu that we have right now, um, I wanted to go back to the root of California and the story of California and ah. connected to, to more about, you know, everything is about the California coast. So that mm-hmm. was very important. And, and also I'm, I'm writing um, uh, some book about uh, the Native American and how they were dealing with food and, and the food mm. system. And it's, it's been very interesting. Oh, wow. What a great project. You're writing that right now? Yes. Oh, so, gosh. Um, because I think, you know, we, we are in a beautiful country called America, but we have to remember that we were not there a long time ago and there was a lot That's of right. bad things happening. So it's nice to to welcome that and to hear the story and, you know. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. I, I admire you for a lot of reasons, not just your talent and your passion, but you have accomplished so much on behalf of women in your field with three Michelin stars. It's just, it's such rare air. And so not only do you have that just such elite it's such an elite credential, but you also received the National Order of Merit, which is the highest citizen honor in France. Um, just the work that you're doing on behalf of women and on behalf of your country of origin are just really amazing. And I also love watching how you pull other women up and you spotlight their abilities, um, again, which is not necessarily indicative of the way your industry works, which is sometimes just competitive. Everyone is your competitor, and yet that is not how you approach it, like in your Women of Food Chef series. Um, so I'm curious, which which women are you admiring right now, um, both inside or maybe outside of your field either? Um, and who else do you think is doing a great job of reaching out and pulling them up um, to sort of stand alongside one another? My industry needs still a lot of work. Yes. You know, we, we have a lot of way to go. Um, and I feel that it's not there yet. Hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, in general, you know, I think we need to look at equal, equal, um, equal pay for women. Yes. That yep. will also, this is where we need to start that a woman is as skilled as a man. You know, right. we have the same skill. We have the same way of uh we, we can be even better than them sometime and they can be better in in some area maybe i right. don't know it's just uh, but we need to be able we need to start there and and to give we need to give the woman the same rights yes and the way that we're going to change things i think this is uh and also teach our children our young mm-hmm. daughter that they can do anything they want in yes. life that everything is possible because there is a world out there that is for them not just a restricted, restricted world. That's right. Know? That's right. Uh, 
So. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I spend my whole life working on women's empowerment and equality. And that is uh, central to my work also. And so that is why for me, it's so um, I'm proud to watch you because I, I think what it's going to take are women like you who knock some doors down um, and succeed wildly in industries that are typically dominated by men like yours. And, and then they hold the door open for the women behind them. That's, that is one piece of the puzzle. One piece of the puzzle is that until our industries and our cultures empower women, then we will empower each other. Um, that that we, is correct. That is yes, correct. We will make room for women, and, and you're doing that. Yes, and 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 I want to. I mean, I want to call everyone that the politician also need to do that. Do that, you know. Yes. Uh, everyone needs to do that. I'm sick and tired of like yes. you know, men should run the world. It's like no, we yes. need to be together, and and when we are together, you know, we do better things. Yes. I, I mean, here, here, you're, you're singing my song. Um, I love when you talk about your dad. He obviously played such a huge role in the woman that you are today. Hey, everybody, Jen breaking in for just a second. I am, as you know, a huge advocate for counseling and feel like sometimes we just need a little guidance from a trusted source who can help us look at things objectively and find a way forward. So BetterHelp Counseling, it's an online resource that offers licensed professional counselors and they're specialized in issues like depression and stress, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, grief, honestly, you name it so much more. Um, You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe, private, absolutely confidential online environment. Uh, You can even schedule secure video or phone sessions or chats or texts with your therapist. And so best of all, it is truly affordable, which hinders a lot of us from good counseling. And so for you guys, the listeners of the For the Love podcast, BetterHelp is giving you 10% off your first month with the discount code for the love. So if you're needing a little help getting to that good change in your life, go to betterhelp.com slash for the love. Okay. So one more time, betterhelp.com slash for the love using the code for the love. Okay. Back to our show. So you have five-year-old twin girls, your own self, um, and I'm curious what parts of your parents do you want to pass on to them? What what did you pick up from your mom and your dad or both um, that you are hoping to see in your girls? Um, I think uh, look at the world that uh, with equality, that there is a lot of different things in the world, but welcome and being curious about to learn the difference. Mm. Uh, never think that you are better than, than anybody else because they don't look like you. Uh, um, just be open about um, caring and, and, and loving and also mm. uh, the planet is a very important part also of it. Mm. Yeah, me too. That's mm. what I hope, Mike. I have five kids and I hope they all learn all oh, of wow. that. Yes, I know it's yeah, a lot. I mean, I mean, um, I mean, I mean I, I, as, as a human, you know, we have 
we have been given a gift to be here. Mm. And it's not just about us, but it's also about where, you know, the soul that we live, you know, on, that we have to take care of the, the ocean, the animals and all that. We are all an ecosystem and mm. we have to understand that we are as important as each other, you know. So we have mm. to be able to work with the, also the ecosystem around us. I appreciate you saying that. Chefs are a really important teacher in the world of ecology and conservation because obviously that's where your, your, your products come from the earth. And so I, um, I appreciate your care of the earth, um, and your advocacy there. I, I want to go back to something you said earlier. You mentioned, um, that you are, you're battling breast cancer right now. And if I may, as I, I knew that, and I've been watching you battle this disease, and I'm in awe of the way that you're doing it with grace and with grit. And you wrote about it, in fact, and you said, um, you wrote, I could never have imagined that my life would include this turn because I have only experienced myself as invincible, which was a really powerful sentence. I, um, You're a great teacher on how to approach life with open curiosity, but with a touch of steel. And so I wonder what you're learning about yourself right now in this turn, as you called it. And um, what are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about your family and friends and your colleagues? And how have you all risen to meet this challenge together? Well, so I, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot and it's Mm. pretty amazing. Um, So I think I welcome uh, this, um, this in my life as a gift. And Mm. I knew that, you know, when I say I really thought that I was invincible, I thought that my dad was invincible too. Sure. Um, but it's uh, then when you talk about invincible, you know, it's like I'm still invincible. It's it just you look at a struggle as opportunity to look at a different you different way of, you know, it's like a, it's like it's a window and you look through it and it's like wow, there is mm-hmm. other things out there that I never thought about it. So um, that got me closer to people. Uh, that made me realize a lot of things about life Mm. and what matters and what is important and what is my purpose now. Um, I have still a lot of work to be done. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when you have people that you're taking care of, uh, you get a look at this um, gift that has been, I mean, this disease as a gift that has been given to you. And then you get to do, you get to take it, you know, with... Mm with a lot of, of strength, but you wouldn't be able to do it without the love and friends and family right. that surround you. So it's important. And and I know, you know, there is, I mean, there is a lot of women out there that are going through the same things that I'm going yeah. through even harder. And, you know, they don't have friends or family around and mm. maybe they don't have the way, the food they need to eat and they, they don't have all of that. And 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 that we need to talk about that too. And and it's important that people understand that when someone has is diagnosed with a cancer, don't go mm. away. Don't 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 run away from them. Yes. And this is the most important time in their life, and they need your help. And don't look at them as pity. Look at them as as joy, and they have so much more mm. to do in this life, and help them through it. Mm. Um, I I appreciate you saying that um, nobody in that position wants to be looked on with pity. 
um, but rather just in solidarity, let's get through this together. You mentioned that um, sort of battling breast cancer is, it, it, it clarifies what matters and your sense of purpose. And I'm curious if, have you discovered a shift in your purpose at all, or maybe just um, a, a clearing out of anything, or has it condensed down to something a little bit um, a little bit smaller? I, I'm wondering if your purpose has shifted at all um, in this time. Well, I mean, I mean, I think I always, you know, have the same purpose of like, uh, you know, humanity and people and better the world and and yeah. be a voice for others. I always have that. I just, I think my purpose now is, is uh, to make sure that everything that I did um, uh, can be impactful and can change the way that we think. And, uh, but really focus on what I can give for myself, not to go all over the place because I have a tendency to want mm. to change the world differently. But yes, uh, but no, it's it, it just intensify, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have five years old, uh, uh, young, beautiful girls, and what kind of world I'm going to give them? I need to be a part of the change right now. Yes. The you know the climate change and the way that we do things and. And and it's just like we can't be greedy anymore. It's not about mm. money or how much money. We we have kids that are here, yes. and we have to give them a beautiful world and a beautiful planet. So let's look at that and and stop you know talking about other things that are nonsense. You know, mm. we have people here. What are we What are we doing? What are we doing? You know, it's like let's do the work now. It's now. It's not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. It's now. It's so good. Oh, maybe it was yesterday, but so. Oh, it's so good. You're just, that makes you so prime for leadership right now for the rest of us. Um, I'll tell you that it is let, delightful. Let, let, let me be the next president of the United yeah, States. Please. <laughs> Could you? I'll run your campaign. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's do it. <laughs> so watching you just live and create in the world is a really great. It's really delightful to see. And and it's it's going to be exciting to see what you do next. So I'm wondering what is, what's sort of bringing you joy right now? What's exciting for you? What's next for you? I, I know you're working on a couple of new concepts um, as we speak. Um, and I wonder if you can, can you tell us a little bit about them and what you're hoping to build and create next? Yes. So the new the new uh, project is um, it's going to be located in San Francisco in the Salesforce Tower at mm-hmm. uh, the bottom floor, and it's a boulangerie, patisserie, take uh, out, you know, like in and out kind of like sure. uh, coffee, and and we have a bar. So I'm building a bar in the lobby, and it's going to be That's a bar great. that just we'll do just classic cocktail. Um, so that, the, the, the idea, obviously, I'm French and I wanted to wake up in the morning and go get my croissant and coffee. Yep. And so I couldn't, I couldn't find the best one in the city, which there is some good one. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe I just opened my own. Yes, um, I love it. But the idea was is also to change consumer behavior hmm. and also uh, the way that we're building um, the space. It's with upcycle. Uh, which mm. is a recycled material, yep. and we're working with um, a drawer uh, architecture in New York mm-hmm. and this company called MiniWise in Taiwan, where they upcycle everything from plastic to yeah. uh, glass to whatever. Great. And so we're using that to build 
uh, most of the restaurant. Uh, and, 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 and consumer behavior is, you know, um, we're going to have a little coffee shop and mm. it's not going to be any, any cup to go. Okay. So oh, if I you love wanna, this. If you want to come, just come and bring your cup that That's is good. reasonable or we, you drink your coffee also at there. Or you oh. can buy also cup that you can reuse. But I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to give you trash. That's good. Cause That's great. Those things go to, yeah, those things. And then, um, you and know. And what's it called, um, by the way? It's going to be called a boutique crème. Uh-huh. Boutique crème. And when does it I open? Them, uh, we probably going to, we're thinking about November, but it might be maybe January. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know how that goes. A, you know, yeah. yeah. It's been two years in the making and, you know, the city and the building sure. and pyramid and all that. But it will be open soon. And I'm writing, I'm finishing a book. Yeah. Um, it's not a cooking book. It's kind of a yeah autobiography kind of memory mm. books, and uh, uh, and it will be published. I think it's going to come out the end of the year or next year. I think next year. Uh, so I can't believe you're fitting that in. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I don't know when you're amazing. doing that. I know. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure either. But it's uh, it's it's been in a work for over a year, and. Um, mm. And then, um, then you know, I'm still working on my own documentary. Some uh, my uh, uh, my friends been following me for a couple of years. And then mm. it's just I want to do project that matters. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to to find you know my way. Uh, and obviously, it's going to be around definitely women and children and mm-hmm. and the planet. So. Mm. I have no doubt um, you have lots of work ahead of you still, and it's inspiring to watch it kind of on every level. Hey guys, we all obviously know that some things are good for our skin and others not so much, like putting your skincare products on in the wrong order or skipping sunscreen or all that. I was looking for a little bit more guidance on how to keep my skin healthy as I'm getting a little bit older, which is why I was pretty excited to find out about Beauty by Design. Um, So Beauty by Design, it gives you a personalized skincare routine, and here's how it works. It's really simple. They connect you with an esthetician, and they design a skincare routine just for you with options at all different price points. In basically under two minutes, I answered a few questions about my skin and I sent a selfie. And then I had a short consultation with my esthetician and got a very detailed diagnosis and product recommendation list just for me. Uh, The interaction with my esthetician was great and she has sent regular follow-ups. How is this working? Where where do we want to turn a dial? Um, Just super, super hands-on. So Beauty by Design has a great offer just for my listeners. First-time customers get 20% off. Go to beautybydesign.com slash for the love and use the promo code for the love. Okay. So first time customers get 20% off just that simple. So that's promo code for the love at beautybydesign.com slash for the love for 20% off. Okay. Back to our show. (laughs) 
so as we sort of wrap this up, again, thank you so much for your time today. Um, this is these are three questions we're asking all the women. This this is you are your episode is in a series of um, about powerful women um, in their own fields. And so we're asking all th- all of them these questions. Here's the first one. Uh, what's something that a woman you admire has taught you that you've you've never forgotten? Um, my God, so many people. Oh, I know. Um, me too. Well, I say that my mom. Okay. And when you go through something very hard, always know there is a light. Mm, I love that. I to know. Mm. How about this? Uh, what's your greatest hope for the generation of women coming behind us? Well, the greatest hope for me is that every woman that and young young girls that they will go out in this world and have the confidence that they are value and they are also number one. Hmm. Me too. Um, I'm also raising daughters. I feel the same way. Here's the last question, and you can answer it however you want. We ask all of our guests this question, and um, it, this can be a serious answer, or it can be a small answer, or whatever you want it to be. It can be silly. Um, but this, the question is this. What is saving your life right now? Love. Hmm. From everyone? From everyone, and hmm. yes. And looking at the next generation, that's saving my life. But love is saving my life right now. Mm, that's the perfect answer. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. And You're welcome. Just my pleasure. For, for your work and the way that you do it. It's not just that you're putting out beautiful, impressive um, food, but the way that you are doing it is worth emulating. And I hope that there are so yeah. many young female chefs watching you and learning from you and taking inspiration from you right now. But frankly, you're inspiring to everybody, whether we're in your industry or not. So um, grateful for your time today and proud of you and of your work. And I'm just so thankful to have met you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm so happy to have been talking to you and uh, thank you very much. And I hope to see you soon. You absolutely will. Thanks, Dominique. Thank you, Jen. Bye. Okay. You need to run to Netflix and download or you download. That's not how Netflix works. Um, go to chef's table and watch Dominique's episode. Um, because also she's strikingly beautiful. Um, really, really beautiful to look at, beautiful to listen to and beautiful to watch. I love her episode. In fact, as I was getting ready for this interview, my college kids were here and, um, I, I, I saw her episode on Chef's Table last year, but we, we were re-watching it. I was saying, I'm about to interview her, and it was halfway through, and I was coming back to, to start the interview, and I, I gave them the, the um, remote control. I'm like, here you go. You can watch whatever you want. They're like, um, hello, we're finishing this whole thing. Are you kidding me? We're invested. I'm like, absolutely. She's fascinating, and um, I want you to just see her food because I'm telling you, you've never seen anything like it. it is, it's something between art and food. And so like, however her mind thinks this stuff up, she is a true creative and innovator. And it was really exciting for me to talk to her. Um, so incredibly accomplished. I mean, three Michelin stars is so unbelievable. You'll see why. More to come in this outstanding series. Uh, more women that you're going to love to meet and hear from and learn from and be inspired by. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. And thanks for um, subscribing to the podcast. Keep doing that. If you haven't already done it, go do it. Um, it'll take you a dozen seconds. Um, subscribe and then 
just like that, you've got us. So on behalf of Laura and Amanda and my entire team, I'm grateful to have such a phenomenal listening community. See you next week, you guys. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.